Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S t-o-l-k-i-e-n and instagram at tipples and tolkien so cozy up pour yourself a drink and come on a journey with us this fall on tipples and tolkien The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. There are many copies. There are many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations. Action stations. Set Condition 1 throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition 1, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host, SC1 Actual Caleb, and joining me on the CIC is the XO Kitsy. Here, he's got more stones than I gave him credit for. <laughs> I knew you were bluffing. And the president of the podcast, the 12 Colonies and Our Hearts, Andrea. That's me. Hello. <laughs> how's, uh, how's my, my levels this week? They, they, you sound great. Am I, am I still boomy? I don't think so. <laughs> you sound amazing yeah, you, in my headphones. Oh, coming in crisp excellent. and clear. Yeah. Like, coming in hot. <laughs> too much pepper on that one, but that's okay. <laughs> we just like back to back, like really interesting weeks. Like we had, you know, a couple weeks ago where we were doing this and I was just tired as shit <laughs> and just like real deep voice. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Casey called me on it immediately. Uh, and then uh, this past week where we were just kind of all over the place and, and Boston Gabe was just absolutely <laughs> here for it. Shout out to you, Boston Gabe. Last thing any yeah. of us needs encouragement, but I will take it. You know what I thought about today? What'd you think about today? Boston, Gabe, Battlestar, Galactica. <gasps> what? Holy Blowing shit. Blowing this thing wide open. Boston, Gabe, if you're a Cylon, you, <laughs> you, have, you to have to tell us. Have to legally. Tell us. Otherwise, otherwise, it's entrapment. Yeah. That's- Is Boston, Gabe, one of the final five? Boston, Gabe. I wouldn't be surprised. Boston Star Gablactica? Bostonian. <laughs> what would is Bostonia? Is that one of the? I was trying to like, get there, but I think I just said what Bostonians <laughs> call themselves. Do they call themselves that? I've never know. heard someone from Boston call themselves that, but I have heard people call them that. So that makes sense. Um, I'm not saying people from Boston don't call themselves that. I'm just saying I've never heard someone from Boston That's true. say it. I also want to give a shout out to uh, our new listener, Mr. Spider Clown, David B. Um, who, Mr. Spider Clown? <laughs> should I not be giving out people's handles on the podcast? I'm sure it's fine. Yay. Um, I have no idea. If you what hear this, about. Mr. Spider Clown, and don't want us to uh, say your handle. Um, <laughs> too late. <laughs> too late. But we are. It's too late. We've already done. It. That's what you get for tweeting at us. <laughs> but we're so happy to have you here. Um, thanks for coming along. All right. Oh my goodness. Also, I do want to point out that Mr. Spider Clown is. Oh, will not hear this anytime soon. 
because Mr. Spider Clan has just started listening. So when you get here, um, oh, good point. Yeah, get, oh, brand new listener. Yeah, but so when you, <laughs> Mr. Spider Clan's Twitter is going to be blown up for for months, and they're going to have no yep. idea why. That's that's actually not. Uh, Let us know when you get here, though. Yeah, that'll be fun. Let us know how long it took you to get here. Yeah. Uh, I was actually going to point out that Mr. Spider Clown sounds like a combination of Caleb and my worst fears. Oh. <laughs> <It really is>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> an, an amalgam, if you will. Mm. And and that is, of course, spiders and men. Yep. Yes. Because the mister. And yeah. Th- yes. th- and I don't like clowns, so. There you go. There we go. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Spider Clown is our nightmare collectively. <laughs> but we're so happy to have you. <laughs> we're just, so happy. Just to have stay you. away from us. <laughs> just don't come to my house. That's right. So, when we last left former President Gaius Baltar, he had just been pistol whipped and thrown in a body bag <laughs> and brought aboard Galactica in secret. Jesus. A treatment Which, only deserving of the finest of presidents. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I, I can think of at least five former presidents I would like to do that to. But. Mm-hmm. Name them. Name them now. No. This isn't a political show. It's probably wise. <laughs> are, you, are you serious? Battlestar Galactic is political as hell. Um, yeah, you got me there. <laughs> Not the politics. I it's just space battles. Really, really, what happened is that you called me out on not having five prepared. <laughs> all, all five of them can be Donald Trump. That's fine. <laughs> He's numbers one and two for the for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so anyway, uh, Gaius Baltar is now in Galacticus Brig, and with, with some coaching from. Uh, head six, chip six, uh, has uh, decided that he's going to somehow in secret, despite a guard constantly watching over him and making sure that he never falls asleep, uh, going to fashion himself a noose and hang himself. And uh, he manages to do it just as uh, previously on Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) (laughs) Just, Just as our buddy Gata... Who just he just can't sleep tonight, and he's just you know he's got to go see his old pal, old pal Gaius. Just wants to have a chat. Can we talk about the creepy lullaby singing in the beginning of this episode? I don't like it. We can. <laughs> we probably should. First of all, who is singing and why? And it's so <laughs> creepy. It. It seems to be uh, Gaius and Six singing uh, in unison, and at one point, uh, Gaius kind of goes, uh, he, he improvises a little bit, and Six gives him a look. <laughs> Sorry, just, just you know, he was really feeling. Just it. made that up. I forget exactly what he what he says, but um, I, I just it's it's very unsettling. It's unsettling, oh. and it's also out of it's like it's bad. Well, but it also doesn't. I don't like it. It's it's not typical, like, I don't know what the word is. It's, like, out of character for the show. But, Caleb, you found the... Whoop. <gasps> Welcome back. <laughs> I just had to go to the basement. For <laughs> you didn't even ask if I needed anything. <laughs> hey, while you're down there. <laughs> yeah, what do you need? Some paper towels. I, I, grab <laughs> I need more paper towels. <laughs> yeah. oh, th- those are in the, the cupboard here. I'll, I'll go get them. <laughs> walking but you actually had to <laughs> to do it you didn't take a conveyor belt or nothing no um, i mean the the cupboard's just over oh, here okay. so perfect um <laughs> don't have one of those people movers in your in your office no sometimes i wish i, should, I did if only to see what penelope would do on Aww. it 
Um, also, we got to hurry this up. It's hot in this room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here too. And also, this episode was directed by EJO. So I just want to point that out. Was it really? Uh-huh. Yeah. That you know that makes a lot of sense. I wonder. Is this the first episode of the of the show that he's directed? It's the first I've noticed, but that means say you, nothing. You're not allowed to look. Yeah. So. Um, I'm curious because he, uh, he. I mean, he he does direct periodically, mm-hmm. and I'm curious if this is like the first time that he's taken the helm yeah. of this show. And this episode definitely has like a look to it that is different from mm-hmm. from the others. I think that's cool. Uh, it is not. Oh. It is actually the the second episode. He directed Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. What happens in that episode? That's the one where Ellen Ty shows up for the first time. Oh. Oh, cool. Yeah. That means so, he's responsible for that introduction of her that looks kind of like uh, could be six. Mm-hmm. Smart man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Gaius is fashioning himself a noose from strips of cloth. He's singing a, a creepy ass lullaby with Chip Six, and she is she is strongly encouraging him to go through with it. And just as he's about to, he's like, "Wait, wait, no, I, I need time to think this through." And she's like, "Nah," and um, kicks the uh, the bed aside mm-hmm. that he was standing on. And uh, Gaius wakes up in the goo. You knew it. He was asylum the whole time. I was. There were about three seconds where I thought maybe this was his actual Cylon reveal. Um, and then and then I, I, you know, pretty quickly figured out that it wasn't. But there were three seconds where I felt great. I I really want him to be a Cylon. I forgot about that moment. Uh-huh. And as soon as it hit, I was like, Andrea's going <laughs> to lose her mind. She certainly did. <laughs> now, who I, I want to take a poll. Who do you think wants Gaius to be a Cylon more? <laughs> Gaius or Andrea? Caleb? Oh. Oh. Ooh. Gaius. I think I think probably so. I think I mean I really do want him to be a Cylon. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. I really yeah, want that. But I don't think I don't need it so badly that I would encourage him to hang himself to find out. So I think maybe that's okay. That's fair. Listeners, let us know what you think. Tweet at setcon one podcast. I don't. What is the thing? <laughs> you got it. That was right. Yeah. Sec, tweet at setcon one podcast and tell us if you think Gaius wants to be a Cylon more than Andrea wants him to be a Cylon. Or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you got it. I'll start a poll. That's fine. You know what? I'm gonna do it now. <laughs> do it. Yeah. Do the poll. Do the poll now, a week before the episode comes out. Yeah. That's, um, that's, fuck. Okay. Leave me be. <laughs> Where okay, so Gaius wakes up in the goo. And for a moment, he believes he's, he's a silent. He's, he's surrounded by sixes that are fawning over him and telling him, you know, it's, it's fine. The, the first time's the hardest and you've done well and like, you're, you're one of us and it's all over now. Uh, but then, one of them starts to drown him, and like he, he realizes like his, his neck hurts really badly, and he can't breathe. That's because he's actually still hanging. He's not actually in the goo. He's just disassociated for a moment. And uh, next thing we know, he's being, uh, as a six leans in to kiss him, uh, we see that the guard who was supposed to be watching him is giving him mouth-to-mouth to, uh, to resuscitate him. <laughs> just so sensual. Gag. So silly. <laughs> I loved it. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it was, I mean, very seamlessly done. Because <laughs> the, the six leans in to kiss him, and the next thing we know, the sergeant's like, yeah, he's alive. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Gata is there. And uh, the, the, the sergeant, the guard, uh, tries to stop Gata at first from going in. He's like, no one's allowed to see the prisoner without direct presidential authorization. And Gata's like, oh, yeah, but I, I, yeah, I have that, so it's fine. Yeah. No, she totally uh, said it was fine. It just <laughs> let me in. It's fine. But uh, for Gaius' sake, it is lucky that Gaeta showed up when he did because uh, uh, the guard definitely wasn't paying attention and Gaius would have died just here here and now. Well, as we'll find out later, maybe it wasn't lucky that Gaeta showed up. Oh. We'll find out more later. Stay tuned to Second Edition Tune in next time on Second Edition um this is set condition one where we break down battlestar galactica <laughs> one scene at a time <laughs> uh so from there we jump uh directly into uh into a new addition to the hangar bay because apparently they don't need the hangar bay for for planes anymore it's just good for drinking uh this, so they went and built a bar this might be the damaged slash decommissioned uh pod bay yeah it probably is mm. um although it does seem odd that Adama has allowed a bar to be built. Well, for, okay. First of all, first of all, first of all, be very careful how you reference anything involving a pod bay and or its doors. <laughs> what? <laughs> what am I missing? You used all of our references last week. Did we? You did. Oh no! It's it resets every week. Okay. okay. Well, just be careful. I will. So, I, I think it's interesting that Adama would allow a a bar of such magnitude to be built. Uh, in, in the hangar deck, but also I find it very interesting that Chief Tyrrell, who is the crew chief of the hangar deck, whose his sole job it is is to maintain and supervise the hangar deck, does not know about this bar, and Apollo shows it to him. Like He knows of it, well, but he's never seen it. It's supposed to be a uh, surprise. I- <laughs> Call back. Thank you. <laughs> Very nice. The, but the bar is called Joe's and not uh, Laura's. That's right. If, they, if the bar was called Laura's, that would have been the perfect callback. Yeah. Who's Joe? Chief, it was supposed to be a surprise. Joe was the bartender. The bartender. That's not how bars work. Sure it is. He's literally Joe the bartender. That's how he's credited. If it, it here's the thing. If you bartend, oh, I guess Mo. There's only one. The, if there's only one bartender. Well, no. If, if you bartend at your own bar. If you bartend at a bar called Joe's, while you are bartending, legally your name, name becomes Joe. Joe. Okay. That, <laughs> now, now, I understand. now, when you leave, if your name is like Sam, for example, it becomes Sam again. But while you're behind the bar, while you're on the clock, your name's Joe. Huh. That's that's how that's how liquor laws work. That makes sense. Yeah. I get all my legal advice from Kitsy. Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> Which is why Caleb's recording this episode from jail. <laughs> uh, the thing that I found the most interesting is that they had uh, what I, I hope was a decommissioned Raptor Viper <laughs> Viper hanging above the bar. Uh-huh. Uh, which feels problematic for a couple of reasons. One, because like, what if it falls? Mm-hmm. What, what if it falls? Exactly. Uh, and two, like, it seems like they, they wouldn't have like any parts to spare. Yeah. Much less th- like even, even the scrap metal for the body, uh, to say like, let's make this decoration. Well, and I mean, that body looks like it's in pretty good condition too. So yeah, like, I, yeah. I can't, I can't imagine they'd just be like, eh, decoration. Yep. 
That Viper body was in suspiciously good condition. Mm-hmm. Unless, 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 unless it's paper mache. It's it's a decoy. <laughs> mm, could be a decoy. This giant paper mache boulder is actually really heavy. That's that's the other <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Joe, he's running a bar. Yeah, he's he's friends with the major, and then anyone else who's friends with the major gets the good stuff. Which everyone who drinks makes a face, which makes me think that it's not really the good Mm-mm. stuff. I think it's just the stuff they have. It's, yeah. it's the strong stuff, probably. It's. I think it's just the stuff. It is the stuff. Pickens are slim in this corner of the universe, I think. Hey, you stupid. I brought you, you the say, stuff. I mean. <laughs> I made you this sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> um. So yeah, we're we're introduced to Joe's bar, which you know every every good show needs a bar for the uh, for the the cast and crew to hang out and blow off some steam, and uh, pine over their former loves uh, well, while their their current love is with them. As we all know, marriage is the reason we build bars, and since there are a few uh, marriages on the rocks, we need a bar on the rocks. Oh my god. Like, because of a drink. I'm going to pretend I did that on purpose. Yeah. (laughs) I Uh, hate this cliche. I hate it so much. That marriage is the reason we build bars, or that bars are the reason most marriages exist? I mean, all of the above, you know? (laughs) Women, am I right? Probably not most. (laughs) Women. Can't live with them. Can't find them. (laughs) Usually. That That doesn't count because it's not sci fi. Mm hmm. Exactly. IT crowd. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we, the stage is set. Galactica has a bar now, like you do. I mean, it was, it was bound to happen G- eventually. Let's Wait. just... Gabarctica. Mm-mm. No. Battle Bar Galactica. Fuck! Yes. Barctica would be, like, the, the doggy dick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where's Jake? I don't think he made it off New Caprica. What do you mean? Oh, no. No, I think he did die. Oh, oh God damn it. Now I'm sad. Podcast over. What? <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, think that I, I don't think he made it off. He, we haven't seen him since. Okay. Maybe we'll see him again. You, I don't. Do you think so? He lives on in our hearts. That's not good enough for me. <laughs> he's, he's on the Adriatic. Oh, wait. No. He's on cloud nine. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> I've heard that he's all on, dogs go to heaven, so that he's makes He's on sense. the far side. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. He's, no, the far side and made it. Oh! He's on the far side. He's on the far side. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Definitively. That's canon. Yeah. <laughs> Jake lives on the far side. You can't prove he's uh, not. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, the bar exists. We can, we can, we can, we can all agree to, on that. We, we, <laughs> can, we can come back to that. Um, but back to our friend. Baltar, who's now uh, now being in, 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 in examined, it's examined. Uh, X is the the uh, prefix that I want. There. <laughs> being examined uh, by Doctor Cottle, uh, who is uh, who's angry. One uh, because he he warned them about the dangers of sleep deprivation, mm-hmm. and he thinks that uh, between the them keeping Baltar awake and. Uh, Baltar being on a hunger strike, which we learned through Doc Cottle's exposition here, mm-hmm. uh, that he, he thinks it was a, a psychosis that led him to kill himself because, of course, no one else at this point knows that Baltar's really trying to find out if, in fact, he is a Cylon mm-hmm. and he was deprived of that opportunity in the temple previously on Battlestar Galactica. 
That would have been the perfect spot for it. <laughs> Damn. And I mean, if Chip Six is a figment of his imagination, hey, Coddle's not wrong. It's just what has caused the psychosis that he's yes. misidentified. Uh, fair, fair. And so, of course, the uh, the order is given to force feed him. Uh, it's like, again, like Rosalind's been like, Rosalind's on a war path mm-hmm. and she, she gets especially spiteful in this episode. I and, uh, love her in this episode. Yeah. I want more reasons for her to get just pissed at me specifically. Not what? The, I don't want her to get pissed at me because I'm afraid of her, but I love it when she's pissed at someone else. Yeah, I'm afraid of her too. It makes, it makes my, my day. See, I don't like her in this episode. I, I I should say specifically, I don't like her when she gets like this, when she be when she becomes the villain. But yeah, Rosalind's on a tear. She she doesn't like that that Baltar's still alive to begin with. She certainly doesn't like that he was with the Cylons, and she she is convinced uh that he not only uh was feeding them intelligence about the uh the colonial fleet, but that he has intelligence uh about the Cylons that he can give up to them uh, if only they apply the correct amount of pressure, mm-hmm. meaning torture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I'm not here for that. No, I'm I'm with you there. I'm and I'm definitely not here for that. But what I am here for is ha- the the passion that she has and how angry she is at him for betraying his people. Essentially, like. You know, she's she's like that's that's where that anger comes from, and that anger comes from how much she cares about the people that she has been uh, chosen once again to lead, and how this chuckle fuck uh, just let people die and let the Cylons fucking do whatever. So like, yeah, I don't, I'm not down with the torture aspect of it so much, but like. I get where she's coming from, and I I think the the I think her anger is very justified, if I, if not her methods. I think maybe I misread this scene because I thought the anger was like performative, like she was because she says like I mean that also may very well be performative, because um, she does even you know at at that when she she's like Colonel Tiger in here throw him out the yeah. nearest airlock or whatever and then. Later, it's like, well, he must have known you were bluffing, and she's like not as worked up. But I, I do, I don't know. I, I liked, I liked Angry Rosalind. Yeah, I like Angry Rosalind too. But I do, I think she was. I get the impression from Rosalind that it. I don't mean this. We know that I love Rosalind. She's a complicated person, as everybody on the mm-hmm. show is. I don't get the impression necessarily that her motivating factor, I think it's probably part of it, but I, I don't get the impression that her chief motivation is for any sort of like justice for her people so much as she wants Baltar to admit his involvement. I almost think for her, like she needs that for herself more than that could be more than anything else, um, so- which I kind of get, but. I'm inclined to agree with you and take it a step further. <clears throat> she is still not over the fact that Baltar won the election oh. Oh. over her. She is she is yeah. still pissed about that because uh, in her mind, she believes that she, she is in the right. She's, she's on the side of righteousness, mm-hmm. that she was correct, that they shouldn't have uh, settled on New Caprica. We can admit that. Mm-hmm. That is true. Uh, and that she could and would have gotten away with stealing the election had she chosen to go through with it. And... 
She's mad at him for winning. She's mad at herself for uh, not taking it away. Mm-hmm. And you know, she's she's wrestling with the very complicated consequences of those two things and is looking for any way to vindicate those feelings of anger towards Baltar and towards herself uh, by like finding a way to prove definitively uh, and ideally have him directly admit mm-hmm to some form of collusion and betrayal of humanity so that she can say, see, I was right. He's bad. Throw him out the airlock. Yeah. I th- Throw him out the I airlock. I think you're right. Yeah. So that's hey. Getting Baltar to admit anything. I mean, it is so clear from the beginning that he's, I mean, he's got himself convinced. Like he's so, and he says, not my prisons, not whatever he, mm-hmm. I mean, he's wrong, but he means yeah. it. Like he, he believes he's yeah, innocent. I really think so. Yeah. I, you know, I know that this makes me the the bad one. <laughs> I don't hold Baltar nearly as responsible for the events on New Caprica as most people do, and especially as the 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 you know the rest of the the cast, the characters do. Uh, and you know, we're 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 at this point jumping around a bit, but that's okay. You know, it's not like that's unprecedented. <laughs> uh, there's a moment where he's he's confronting Gaeta because Gaeta's giving him shit and you know saying that was you, you did this, you betrayed us, and he's like, I had a literal gun to my head. Yeah. No one made you do anything. I mean, he's yeah. He he's he's not wrong. I. <sighs> and so here's the thing. Let's say he puts up a resistance. The Cylons kill him. Then they proceed to still kill mm-hmm. hundreds or thousands of uh, of humans anyway. In his mind, he's preserving himself, but maybe also can try to do some good. Yeah. I just... I, Baltar's not to blame for New Caprica. Yeah. I, he's just not. I, that That is all on the Cylons. Here's... Well, okay. Yes. Yes, it's all on the Cylons, as in it's the Cylons are the ones that showed up and did the bad things. But as the leader of a people, that's where they showed up and he was just like, we surrender. I mean, like, I would have done the same thing. I know that I would have. I'm a coward. It's fine. I would not have run for president in the first place because I know (laughs) that I'm a coward. Like, I think. But that's, that's and that's kind of my point yeah. is that like he put himself in that position, and then when shit got tough, he was just like, mm, "I give up." Yeah, so, so I kind of I'm with I'm sort of with both of you on that because he didn't anticipate this happening, but you also can't, yeah, like go into a presidency, not expecting shit to hit the fan. Yeah, yeah. so 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 like, you know, yeah, I don't think he was directly responsible for, um. For what what happened on New Caprica, like he's he didn't invite the Cylons to come kill everybody and what have you, and and he certainly didn't help them kill everybody. But he also they showed up, and he also was just like, well, fuck it, can't do anything about it, and just sat back and let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's what the leader of a people should do. Well, and I wonder if like Caleb was saying with Rosalind's anger at him for and and herself at the beginning, I wonder how much of that comes down to a sort of guilt of hers that if she had been president, I'm sure she thinks that she could have somehow prevented that from happening. And the fact that she... And you know what? She wouldn't have surrendered. The Cylons would have killed her and installed someone like (laughs) Baltar as a puppet government. And again, like, 
I, I don't think that there is any action on any part of the, the humans that could have changed the course of those events, shy of never settling on New Caprica yeah. to begin with. I think you're right. Which, to be fair, to be fair, was Baltar's platform. Was, was yes. Roslyn's whole thing is like, let's not fucking stay here. That's that's also <laughs> yes. a good point. So that that is the the one the one way that I can say that that Baltar is, is responsible for that. But again, the people chose him because that's also what they wanted. So really, everyone's to blame. And Rosalind, the only reason he had political aspirations in the first place was because Rosalind talked him into running for vice president, right? Wasn't it her? Yeah. 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 So really, Rosalind's to blame. Yep. Because she didn't like Tom Zarek. But then if so you Tom really Zarek's to blame. blame. <laughs> and then really, Lee's the one Lee's who let him escape, so... <laughs> Well, when you think about it, if you go back, if the people that made the Cylons in the first place, if Ooh, they hadn't have done anything, that's true. Then this, none of this would have happened. You know what? I blame God and or the gods. Yes, it's really their fault. Who made them? I want to know. I want to know right now, Caleb. If all of this has happened before mm -hmm. and will happen again, mm -hmm. can you imagine just like an infinite cycle of Baltars? Of Baltars? No, don't make. <laughs> That's why I really don't want Baltar to be a Cylon, because I don't want any fucking more of him. Mm -hmm. yeah. One of him is enough. <laughs> I don't, like, like, I'm fine with there being a hundred sixes. That's fine. That's totally at, fine. At easily at least a hundred. And, and ten fucking Sharons, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. But any more than one Baltar is too many. He's... He's terrible, and yet I can't I can't help loving him. Oh, I love Baltar, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. As a character, I think he's great. I just don't want any more of him. I would like to see variations on the theme, though. I think that could be very fun. Well, we have... We briefly we have saw that one. that one yeah, like, that's apparently in Caprica 6's head, which we haven't seen since, like, what, the end of Season 2? Yeah. That kind of came it's and went and yeah. didn't really go anywhere, didn't it? I remember that being a much bigger part of the show. So... As we recall, when Rosalind was imprisoned on New Caprica, guys came in and you know he gave her <laughs> glasses, gave her a cigarette, mm -hmm. and like smooth talked her and, and let her go. So Rosalind decides to do a little, uh, little turntabling, and she walks in and she hands Gaius his glasses and a cigarette, and his eyes just light up mm -hmm. at the cigarette more than more than I think they've lit lit up at anything uh, shy of the prospect of you know. Weaseling his way out of a, a sticky situation mm -hmm. uh, in the entire show. And he's like, touche, Madam President. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know, she she goes right into with this uh this idea of like, you know, yeah, I you're gonna admit that you that you did wrong. There was the you know, there was the blonde woman that I saw you with on on Capricorn. She's She's reaching. She mm -hmm. from her from her uh, Kamala induced uh, drug dream remembers him seeing him with a, a blonde woman on Caprica in Caprica City, and she has associated that with six. But she doesn't know this to be true, and so she's she's trying to force him to admit it. And he's like, "No, mm -hmm. no, never happened. Lies." And uh, he's also not too happy about being force fed with the tube. Fair. I, I do yep. I, I do want to call back to um when when they're in the in the uh, I think Adama's quarters with Cottle and Rosalind and everyone and uh and Cottle's like well, what do you expect me to do about it and she's like I expect yes. him to eat or or expect you to make sure he eats 
And I just wanted to be like, damn it, I'm a doctor, not a chef. <laughs> uh, Cottle, once again in full yep. uh, full right. military blues. He does not fuck around when meeting the president. I, and I love that. Cottle. I still think my favorite, though, is when he talked to her on the radio and still got <laughs> mm-hmm. dressed up in his, mm-hmm. in his dress blues. If Cottle is a Cylon, I'm going to say... When we find out, I knew it because one of them is always in his dress blues what? and the other one. And that's how, you know, you know, you do know that's... people can change clothes, right? I've seen no evidence. Just because I wear the same fucking thing every day doesn't mean everyone does. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever seen Caleb in anything but a black T-shirt. You haven't. So that's probably true. But <laughs> I mean, what's, definitely but true. what you don't know is he ha- he wears very different pants every, every day. Every. Okay. Yeah, how would you know? I They're wildly know. different. I'm still not sure there's a Caleb like Does he even from have the legs? shoulders Who knows? down. Yeah. Yeah, that, that photo of me was definitely doctored. The one anyway. Speaking of doctors, uh, we have multiple Dreadus <laughs> contacts. <laughs> yes. So we're gonna go ahead and jump to a safe location while we something something Cylons. I don't know. Just Doctor? Ads. Doctor. Oh, pictures, ads go here. Picture doctored. Doctor. Ads go here now. Doctor. Doctor, doctor. Oh, doctor. Doctor. <laughs> doctor. Oh, doctor. <laughs> doctor. Spies like us. Uh, Muppets from space. Also Muppets from space. That's hey, true. Well, President of the podcast, Andrea here. And I want to tell you about a couple of Night Shift radio shows that we think you're really going to love. First up is a little podcast called Left of the Dial, featuring a couple of familiar voices. Every week, your hosts, Caleb and Kitsy, huh? Talk about a different record they love. They also have really incredible guests on all the time. Uh, for example, a recent episode features Max Collins from Eve 6, King of Twitter, and a special surprise co-host. It's me. I'm the surprise co-host. Focusing on new and independent music, Left of the Dial is a great way to find your new favorite band. And I'd also like to recommend the Superpod Cast. You looking for something heroic in your life? Go check out our friends at the Superpod Cast. They're guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Every episode goes in depth with a different superhero movie. Classic of modern cinema, certified stinker, it doesn't matter. If it's a superhero movie, they're going to talk about it. You start with a little bit of comedy, add in some film analysis, and finish it off with a heaping dose of geekery. You've got the Superpod Hero Cast. Doesn't matter if you're a casual fan or a 20th level nerd. Download their latest episode, grab a beverage, and enjoy the fun. The Superpod Hero Cast. Be heroic. And of course, you can find these and all of our other great shows at nsrad.io. Because it's rad. And it's like radio. We're back. <laughs> Muppets ever do a Battlestar Galactica spoof? I don't think so. Mm. No, a lot of Star, Star Wars. Wars. Mm-hmm. But that's because Jim Henson. Yeah. That is because Jim Henson. Yeah. So when we last left Rosalind and Baltar, she was interrogating him. And she, she decides to have the, the guards drag him out. Uh, under the threat of tossing him out the airlock, she's she's had it with his shit, and out the airlock he will go. Uh, she's thrown a she's bunch like, of pictures in his face. Yeah, and he's like, "You can't do this. I'm a citizen. I I have rights. I need. I demand a trial." Uh, and I love, I love that he's doing this loudly and as publicly as he can mm-hmm. as they're dragging him through the hall. Uh, and while he'll find little sympathy amongst the fleet, at least it is on record that he demanded his yep. rights as a colonial yes. citizen before being thrown out the airlock. Uh, but they, they stop in the, the wall of memories of the wall of the photo wall, the, the, the photo wall before that was a digital thing. Death wall. 
Definitely, yes. The Wall of the Dead. There we go. Ooh. They stop in the Wall of the Dead, and she's like, you know any of these people? Ah, these are all people that died. He's like, ah, I would never hurt people. And she's like, yeah, kill him. Get him out of here. He's like, God, it's like I'm watching the episode. This I is great. Know. Like, I know this man. He was my assistant for three years. So what? I got him a visa. I, I played tennis I with him on Tuesdays. Why won't you believe me? Do you think he's making it up? Yes. Do you think he just picked some yes. rando off the wall? Absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, there's, there's scared, desperate Baltar. Mm-hmm. But then there's the passion and conviction in how quickly he grabs a photo and says, this man was my lab assistant for three years. He was Gemini's. I got him a visa. I introduced him to his wife. I'm the godfather to their child. I wouldn't do anything to harm this man or their family. Like, that's a story that, like, you either have to be incredibly quick-witted or you have to have that story ready to go. Implanted in your software or something yes, ready to go. It's in, I don't know it's how. In his That's it. Thank you. I I would not put it past Baltar to have made that whole thing up. Just I saying. wouldn't put him past him to have tried. Like I I, I think I do think that I'm with with Caleb on this one. Just that. Damn, y'all are just against me this episode. I, that's why I slowed down what I was saying because I knew <laughs> you were gonna say something. I knew. Uh, well, it's that, fine. It's fine. Maybe I mean, you should get on the side of right. Yeah, just like have a good opinion and <laughs> <laughs> don't come here with your garbage opinion. Right. <laughs> so then they throw Baltar at the airlock, and you know, episode over. And that's it. Except that's not what happens. Mm. Instead, they decide to drug him and do a form of mental torture what instead of physical torture. Fuck? <laughs> you know, like, you, you know what it 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 reminded me of, uh, which I guess it would be more accurate to say this other thing reminded me of this because this other thing came second. But um, in Stranger Things, mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. when uh, Eleven's in like the the weird black pool, yes, of, like of nothingness, it was very much that vibe. It's also you mean the the Montauk Project. The what? The Montauk Project. What is that? That was a, a thing that ooh, Stranger Things was based on. Anyway, so, yeah. uh, do, you, do you mean MK Ultra? No, I don't. Oh, I have notes. I have notes. I was able to do some research on this. <laughs> Go on. So oddly, just by sheer coincidence, a different podcast I listened to um, was Second Edition Two. Second Edition Two. <laughs> the no. Second Edition One Aftercast. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> Oh, I want someone to go back and do yes. a re-listen of our show. And I'm going <laughs> to when we get to the end so that I can research everything that I wanted to talk about. But I, on Chris Gethard's podcast, I feel like that's all I've talked about this week is Gethard. But nah, um, that was a given. Go back in uh, week. Every, when does this come out? Tuesday. So, yeah, if you listen to Left of the Dial this week, last week, you'll get to hear us talk with my... Um, best friend in the whole world, best Chris friend Gethard. in the whole world, Chris Gathered. But on uh, his podcast, New Jersey is the World, they were talking about class trips, and he was talking about how when he went to Italy, the people in the hotel gave him this big warning because the like year before something, a bunch of students had been drugged and robbed, and they were drugged with the use of this gas. That um, the way they told it, it was like you 
you can like still see and hear everything, but you lose the ability to move, which isn't actually what it does. That's like the urban legend, but it's um, Burundanga or Scopolmine or Hyacinth or Devil's Breath. It's called all of those things. It was used um, in like some experimental government truth serum kind of stuff, but was deemed like too whatever. But it's still used for um, like in much smaller doses for like motion sickness and um, post-surgery nausea. And then also criminally people use it to rob people still. And it's, yeah, so that's what this is, seems to be based on that kind of drug. Yeah, so the Admiral uh, says that, you know, the, the military experimented with this, uh, in this form of interrogation drug that uh, essentially induces a, a state of heightened anxiety to the point where uh, the subject uh, feels that the, literally their, their life depends on cooperating. And so the, the interrogator becomes not a... Uh, uh, not an enemy, but a lifeline is how he uh, describes it. And then Rosalind's like, wait, you're telling me we have those drugs here? <laughs> Why aren't Adama I taking doesn't... them right now? Yeah. Adama doesn't explicitly say yes or no, but the drugs appear. <laughs> but, I mean, it's possible that Coddle's had them for other reasons, right? Yeah, motion sickness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which probably happens a lot in space. Oh, God, if I were on a spaceship, oh, my God. Yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> Gets his face. Like, do we really have to revisit this? Mm. Come have on. Have we already? Have we done this? No. Yeah. Space motion sickness. Uh huh. Not for me. Inertial dampeners. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Um. So before we move on with you guys's uh, continued torture and interrogation, uh, we should briefly touch on. Uh, a topic that I don't want to dwell on because it's it's really getting played out and kind of boring, and I'm over it. Uh, and that's D and oh, Lee are on the rocks. Karen Anders are are they? Will they? Won't they? On again, off again. Uh, everybody loves everybody. Everybody hates everybody, and uh, they all make up in the end and keep their marriages together. And that's all I want to say about that. You know what would solve all of their problems? Divorce. Mm-hmm. Polyamory. Or well. Poly- <laughs> I mean, they're non-monogamy for the win. I mean, <laughs> yes, but also a lot of mm-hmm. Lee doesn't deserve D. Well, he doesn't deserve any of them. So I think, well, I think Kara and mm. Lee and Kara and Lee do kind of deserve each yeah. other. Okay. And like, I don't know, that Cylon of hers is whatever. But I think the pyramid player. Yeah, I think D should strike Anders? out on her own. Um, I think Dean and Anders should go do their own thing. Dee's too good for Anders as well. That's fair. That's fair. You don't like Anders? The Cylon? I mean, the he's, pyramid player. he's fine. He's fine. I mean, he's fine. But he's all right. <laughs> but he, I just think Dee is, is too good for any of them. Let's be real. Anders is mid-2000s fine. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that that mid two thousands bad boy. He's look. got a little bit of yeah. I guess. <laughs> fine. Fine. There you said fine. it. Fine. Fine. <laughs> we can uh, all agree that fine is a word that we can apply to him is, in its various forms. It's good enough. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've I've already lost interest in this storyline. Yeah. 
<laughs> Something has That's to a... happen to like. Oh, also worth I can't noting. Get a season and a half of this. Also worth noting, Caleb. I can't remember if you said this or not, but uh, apparently Chief and uh, Callie are on the rocks as well. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. Because uh, there's that yeah. point where where uh, uh, Lee's like, oh. Are you, you have are you having problems too? And and she's like, what? You didn't hear us? God. I was thinking about selling tickets. <laughs> so gross. It's because they were fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people like to watch fights. Get it? I don't like to watch couples fight. It's terrible. Why are mommy and daddy fighting? Exactly. It's also. Uh, or as uh, as Kitty once said that they didn't like hearing Ellen and me yell at each other, and Ellen said, "This is just how married people talk." <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're not yelling at each other. That's just how married people talk. <laughs> Loudly, yes. Uh, she yelled that at me, I believe. <laughs> For a second, I thought I was married. <laughs> Women, am I right? Oh, uh, who needs them? Uh, where were we? So uh, they they strap Baltard down, and uh, what's that? They, they, Say more. They they, they jab him. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Still with you? I do. I do. I do love. <laughs> I just have to say, there's a delivery of him, like, protesting to this mm-hmm. that is very just not right for the situation. Or he's just like, what? No! As <laughs> they're about to jab a needle in his neck, he's just like, no! <laughs> I, I love that, um, you know, Chip Six is kind of taunting him again. She's like, I'm not sure I can help you. You know, pain is one thing, but without free will, what are you? Like, she's, like, really kind of turning on him mm-hmm. in this episode. And he like kind of half to her and half to Rosalind is like, why don't you just admit you're doing this for your own satisfaction? And Rosalind just stares at him. She is stone cold in this. Mm-hmm. She's uh, she she brought her last fuck, but she's holding it in reserve. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they inject him, and uh, Adama just kind of starts with a like, can you hear my voice? <laughs> Can you hear me, doctor? I'm looking for you, doctor. And like, uh, as far as Baltar is able to perceive, like he he feels like he's floating in uh, this vast ocean, and it's nothing but darkness around him, except the the light that in uh, reality uh, they're shining directly into his eyes. But he perceives it as you know a a light from above, and he hears the admiral's voice, and he's like. Where am I? Help me, Admiral, is that you? We can't find you. Tell us where you are. <laughs> it's so weird because it's just this disembodied uh-huh. voice of, of Adama just fucking with Baltar, <laughs> which uh, it is, it is a little bit too comical for the, uh, the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they uh, use this to, to start interrogating him. And they ask him, like, did, you know, um, what was it? Oh, oh so uh, Baltar says something. It says Caprica Six's name. You know, he's like, she she saved my life. She shielded me from the explosion because somebody makes a noise and, and like he like has this flash of memory of the explosion mm-hmm. on Caprica. And Rosin's like, yes, yes, <laughs> this is it. Did you conspire with her to subvert our defense systems? And he's like, conspiracy requires intent. I mean, it's not the catchiest. <laughs> Like <laughs> phrase to, but he's he is right, isn't he? I love like I mean, yeah. I, 
in in his mind, he's literally drowning, mm-hmm. and he's being asked about you know conspiring against the colonies, and he's just full on like semantics. I, no, I mean, I didn't. I, did I? Did I conspire? No, I didn't. No, did I? <laughs> no, no, I couldn't have. But how did she know? <laughs> and like all of this back and forth, and they never actually they never get anything out of him really, and then he starts to to flail, uh, and feel as though he's actually drowning mm-hmm. uh and coddle's like Mm-mm, all done i love coddle i just i do he's yeah really the only one with uh, a I strict like ethical, moral compass moral compass and like code of ethics that he seems to be yeah following like as we've i mean we've talked about this before but well i mean he did take the the hippocrat the, the hippocratic oath hippocratic hippocratic but i wonder if it's called something else there the Hippocrylon? That's it. <laughs> now, I feel like Hippocrates would have been the, the same name. Yeah, that's probably. In, in this world. Yeah. Um, but before. It's the same oath, they... it's just octagonal. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, before they, they bring him out of this, they do get uh, a little bit of information. Uh, they find out that he wasn't in the temple looking for the Eye of Jupiter, that he had other motives, that he was looking to see the faces of the final five because he thought he might be one of them. And Rosalind asks him directly, are you a Cylon? And he hesitates and says, no. I think that that's a, a really interesting moment, and we'll come back to that, Andrea. Um, but uh, you know, he, they ask him, like, why, why would you want to be a Cylon? And I love this when he says, all my sins forgiven, yeah. a new beginning. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It really is. Like, for, again, for all of his flaws and for all of the mistakes that he's made, I don't feel that Baltar is fundamentally a bad person. Mm-hmm. I think he has done some bad shit, and I think he is incredibly selfish and self-preserving. But I don't think he's—he's he, he's not evil. He is not, like, the villain of the show. So— I agree. I will say I think he's a bad person. I don't think he's an evil person. Okay. Because I, I wouldn't say he's a good person. But I, but I agree with your assessment. Like, he's not evil. He's just self-centered, self-serving, uh, self-preserving, uh, and I, and he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, I don't think it's a matter of good or bad with Baltar. I don't think... Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's got enough of a, of a... I don't want to say he doesn't have enough of a moral compass, because then that does imply that he's bad. I just think he's... He's extremely insecure. He's afraid of everything mm-hmm. um and is trying his best to protect himself first which is cowardly but again i it's easy to sit here and say that i would do anything oh, yeah, differently for but sure. i would also i would be yeah i mean i'd have died back on caprica <laughs> i would have tripped on a stick and ex- like it broken bef- my neck three weeks before ex- the attack exactly so. exactly Caprica six would have broken your neck in the market. <laughs> I'm just a big baby. I wish you. What? Yep. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I caught that. <laughs> Excuse I, me. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and uh, I, I sometimes wonder if Gaius had at the very beginning said, "Oh my God, there was this woman." I like. I had no idea. I didn't know about the Cylons. There was this woman. We got too close, and she manipulated me. Too much, she manipulated me. I gave her too much information. I think that I might have been partly responsible for the attack. I wonder 
if he would have been like straight up executed when they were still like in full on like right. war mode, yeah, or if he would have like gotten some some form of mercy, some form of justice, and like come out you know the better, not constantly fearing that it was going to catch up to him because he's gotten away with it so far. But he is like full on telltale heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Ever since. I mean, Absolutely. I think I think the problem though is that to do, to do that right to to say like I might have fucked up. I like I didn't mean <laughs> to, but I might have fucked up and helped cause this requires integrity, which is something he does not have. So. <sighs> so, once again, back in the uh, the admiral's office. Rosalind's like, wait a second, wait a second, as uh, Adama's pouring drinks for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adama's not going to go to Joe's bar. <laughs> Fuck that. He's, he's, he's got the good stuff uh-huh. in his own quarters. He's fine. Uh, she's like, final five Cylon models, <laughs> five pillars of the temple, five priests devoted to the one who cannot be named. Five guys, burgers and fries. Five guys that got the best burgers and fries. <laughs> God, I don't like The tremendous burgers. <laughs> What is this voice? It, it started out as the, what's the nerdy scientist from The Simpsons, but it slowly turned into uh, Trump. <laughs> Never trust my voices. <laughs> Both spoken or internal. Uh, and uh, come on, it's all just mumbo jumbo, which is always a funny phrase to mm-hmm. me. Like, what, what, what is mumbo jumbo? <laughs> anyway, uh, and... You know, Rosalind's like, you know, he's, he's holding a lot back. I'm sure of it, but like, she believes that there's, uh, um, that there's something to it. Of course, she does. I think she might be right. <laughs> <laughs> it it does seem a little too coincidental, as we've pointed out in the last couple episodes, that it was the, the Temple of the Five, and there are five final Cylons. Uh, I didn't know this part about the five priests devoted to the one who cannot, whose name cannot be spoken, though. That's new information. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wonder if Alosha wrote that before she died. <laughs> I wonder what the name is. Hmm. It's Frank. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've ever heard them say Frank. There are some who call him... Frank. Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know... Um, Adama says, you know, maybe we should resort to more direct methods, to which uh, Ty is very much on board. Mm. <laughs> now you have my vote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Ross is like, now nah, we, we, you know, we tried the stick. It's time for the carrot. Like we've got to, you know, the thing he's most afraid of is that even if he, if he does talk, we'll kill him. So we got to make him believe that he can talk and we'll spare his life. So then we can kill him. <laughs> She's, she is still intent on killing oh, him. Oh, yeah. Which I don't like. Again, like I don't like this vengeful, spiteful, going to find a way to justify what she's already decided side of Rosalind. And this is something we see periodically. Like she sets her mind on something and she's going to find the reason to justify it. She's going to find the means to do it. But she's already decided the ends. Just saying, don't don't cross her, man. Don't piss her off. <sighs> But of course, they know that, uh, you know that there's nothing that they can say to guys at this point that's going to make him believe that that they have his best interest at heart. But they're like, what about his old pal Gator? So Felix, uh, who just just happened to not be able to sleep the other night and definitely had no other reasons other than 
thinking like, you know, maybe maybe my old pal, my old buddy guys, he'll talk, he'll talk to me. He won't talk to any of these other jokers, but he'll talk to me. Uh, they, they send him in. And he's like, you know what? I had these star charts, and like, I think my calculations might be mm-hmm. like, starts with the flattery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I, I was basing this off of your work, but I don't think I could figure it out. And Gus is like, well, of course, because this is all wrong. Wait a second. <laughs> Immediately suspects. Yeah. Which I love how quickly he mm-hmm. catches that, like, he's being manipulated, he's being led, and he sees the, uh, the, the camera uh, overhead. Which, how, I, I mean, I guess they, they maybe, they, never mind. I was going to say, I don't see how they installed it without him noticing, but he did spend significant time being tortured. Yeah. So they could have done it during then. Although it, it also seems to reason that there would be a camera in the prisoner brig the entire time anyway. And yet there wasn't. And yet there wasn't. Because time made a point of saying, like, well, I'll see about installing oh, some right. security cameras. I'm like, you didn't think about that? You know what? Where You're... Where did he get the security cameras? Did he order them from Space Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> he, he ordered them from the Amazona. Oh. Which was... <laughs> That's the thing? That's the one. S- same day Raptor delivery. That's the one. <laughs> All the dumb shit we have said on this podcast in 54 episodes, I believe. I believe this is episode 54. Is it really? I think so. Then we just passed our one year. Well, no, because we had the episode. There's the pilot. And there's um, the episode that I did with Dr. Daniel. Oh. And I think they're the only two, right? We are very close to our one year, though, uh, because we started technically in June. Well, everybody better give us a fucking cake for our birthday. That's too many cakes. That's a, that is a lot I'm sorry. That, that that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Kitsy, you pushed your microphone out of the way, and as it was swinging, it it genuinely looked like it was going to hit the camera, <laughs> which you? I I picture as Ooh. like I know this is not true, but I just picture it as being the glass of like what separates yeah. the uh, us, and so I was just waiting for it to just smack, <laughs> and, like hit hit the glass. Did you duck a little bit? The fourth the fourth wall, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't duck. Because oh. I knew it wouldn't hit me. Did you goose? Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, Baltar doesn't fall for it, so Gata stabs him. In the neck with a pen. <laughs> with a pen. Now, there's a, a bit before this, but we, we touched on this earlier. So, uh, you know, Gata tries to say, you know, like, this was your fault to you. Like, you, you, you betrayed us all, and, like, that's that's all on you. And... Um, this is where Gaius tells him, like, you know, I, I had a gun literally held to my head. Like, no one forced you to play both sides. I knew you were feeding information to the resistance, which uh, really, as far as we know, there's no other way that Gaius could have known. Mm-hmm. That, like, he wouldn't have overheard anyone talking about uh, Gata feeding information to the resistance. So he must have known. So when he makes the point, like, who do you think allowed you to do that? And Gate is like, that's that's impossible. He turns into Luke for a second. That's impossible. <laughs> uh, and he's like, well, but is it? I don't know. How do we feel about that? I I, I think this lends us a, a bit more credence to uh, to my argument. I well, I do believe that if Gaius did know that Gata was feeding information to the Resistance, that he wouldn't have done anything to stop it. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that he wouldn't have done anything to help it either. Do you think that he would have done nothing to ensure that its 
succeeded or rather ensured that like it wasn't found out by the Cylons, thus bringing uh, death and destruction and despair down on all of them. I think only if it didn't put his own ass in jeopardy first. I got to imagine that, that any actions of information leaking from his administration would put his ass in jeopardy regardless. I mean, he was already on, on mm, thin ice with fair. Cavill. Fair. Cavill was ready to, like, Cavill's always ready to kill Baltar. <laughs> Cavill and Rosalind have a lot to talk That's about. True. Why does everyone just want to kill him? <laughs> I mean, he's, I know I he's mean, terrible. I love Baltar, and sometimes I want to kill him, so like, I get it. Just everyone's sick of him. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a trope that I, I find difficult in, like, all forms of, of entertainment, that the, the default punishment is death. Mm-hmm. In movies and TV, in video games, in store like you know books, uh, etc. The the default is kill your enemies, mm. and that's that. I, I, I this is not a podcast about my thoughts on <laughs> uh, uh, on you know the the concept of capital punishment. But it could be. But it could be, uh, and I'm I'm against it. So uh, agreed, but. Uh, I feel like I also need to say agreed now, but like, because <laughs> if you don't, it's entrapment. Yeah, Wait, exactly. What? what? So, so you're either with us or you're against us. I mean, um, so and we'll kill you. Yeah, and we'll kill you if you're against us. So, uh, no. So I think I, I think that I don't think Baltar. I'm so sorry. Now it sounds like I'm not against capital punishment. I need to make it very clear that I'm 100 percent for cap no, against capital punishment it feels very important to me that okay says that's the all. person who edits the show and could have made that sound however they want <laughs> I, I said i would never do it again <laughs> anyway, anyway i think what i'm trying to say is um i think i think baltar certainly wouldn't have done anything to expose gata's information leaking um but i think he I think he would have done everything he could to just turn a blind eye to it, but not actually assist it. So he could have plausible deniability mm. that way. If the Cylons found out, he could be like, Gato, what have you done? And, you know, save his own ass. That's, that's my take on it. Yeah. Uh, so question for you as we're, we're getting close to, to wrapping up here for me, for both of you. Oh. Um, sad geezer tells me there's a deleted mm-hmm. scene. Was this deleted scene? Involving the, uh, at this point, uh, or heretofore forgotten, uh, imprisoned Caprica Six. Uh, was this in the, the version that you watched? No. Okay. So, uh, none of us got to see this, but apparently there was a deleted scene where, uh, Rosalind approaches Caprica Six's cell and, uh, tells, uh, you know, I guess the Marines are kind of roughhousing her a little bit and mm. tells them to be gentle and they, they unlock her and. She's she's still in her, her black dress that they uh, captured her in. Um, and she says to Caprica, all we really know is that Baltar was not involved in the attack and we need more. So this implies that Rosalind and Caprica have been talking mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Caprica says, all I need to know is that I won't be airlocked. <laughs> she didn't want to die, uh-huh. especially because if she does... She'll either die for real, depending on how far away they are from the resurrection ship, or she re- resurrects and they're yeah. like, hey, you fucked up. That's such a good point. Yeah. Um, and then 
She says, no, you won't be airlocked. You have my word. To which Caprica says, like you gave Leoben your word before sending him reeling yeah. out into space. Yep. And then they just smile at Wait, each other. Wait, I think we did see this scene. Oh, I don't remember that. I, I remember this somehow, vaguely. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> they, they, just, they both have their, like, their unpleasant smiles on their faces. And Caprica says, yeah, he told us. <laughs> no, I definitely didn't see that. That's very funny. Interesting. Which, Wait. Which is great. That Leoben thought he was too far. Remember, that's why he was freaking out. We thought that Leoben wasn't... Or did he want them to think that he thought that? Oh, that's the thing about Leoben. (laughs) Man, that's such a good point because maybe they would have kept him alive if they didn't... If they thought he could make it back to tell them whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, in the final scene of of the show, as we all saw it, um, Rosalind and Adama are, are hanging out in Rosalind's. She's laying down. It, it looked to me like she's in a bunk, but then the, this transcript says that she's on Adama's couch. So, yeah, they're having a sleepover. Uh, did it not look to y'all like she wasn't feeling well again? Or do you think maybe she's just exhausted from, from torturing people and yelling and running up and down the halls all day? I thought she looked either tired or, or a little drunk or maybe a little both. Yeah. yeah, you know what? They were drinking, so that makes sense. She she was she had a uh, one too many glasses of she, she de- Capricorn whiskey mm-hmm. or whatever. She definitely was a little more casual than usual, <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. But you know, she she says, you know, I, I told Baltar I didn't see take any uh, satisfaction in seeing his pain, but truth is, I was willing to see him endure a great deal of suffering <laughs> in order to get what I wanted, and that right there. Yep completely sums up why I don't like Rosalind in this episode. That's fair. Because, like, she goes out of her way to be, like, cruel and violent and horrible and engage in inhumane acts of torture because it will get her what she wants. And this is the side of Rosalind that I don't like, and I feel like it's coming out more and more. Well, and especially because what does she... Other than the satisfaction of being proven right and being able to airlock Baltar, what does his confession get her? That's it. He's not... Satisfaction. Yeah. Like, it's, we... we And right now, she can't get none. <laughs> exactly. Da, da, na, 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 and we can't afford that song, so that's right. all I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. It's fair use. I mean, it's a very It's not. Human... It's really not. <laughs> Could be. Um, no, it's, it's a very huge, like I it's unfair use. It's very unfair use. <laughs> I think it's a very human emotion on Rosalind's part. Well, I think the motivating emotion, I think the ability to act on it and, and be that cruel is a line beyond what I think most of us, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, but I get, I get where her anger is coming from. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, the Admiral has a, a rare moment where I, uh, I experience a little bit of distaste for him where he says it's not too late for him to just, you know, I disappear. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, these two, they, they, have their, they have their differences from time to time, but sometimes when they're aligned, it's scary. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but she says, no, you know, we, we can't do that. Uh, you know, for all his crimes, he is one of us, but she's... She's smiling. She's got that nasty look on her face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, so what happens well, next? We give him his trial. Which is... So we're going to see the trial of Count uh-huh. Baltar. 
that's that's gonna happen. Like that's 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 gonna be the the trial of the uh, the the century in, in this fleet. And so, with that, Andrea, I promised we'd come back to. Uh, of course, we we want to know your your thoughts, your theories, your feelings, your emotions, hopes and um, dreams, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but specifically, so we have the opening scene where uh, guys wakes up in the goo, but then is brought back to reality, and he determines that he's not a Cylon. And we have that like gut wrenching moment where he's being tortured, and they ask him point blank, "Are you a Cylon?" And he says, "No." Is Gaius Baltar a Cylon? I think Baltar's no comes from. Baltar thinks that he really needs to be a Cylon to feel like absolved from his sins. And I don't think mm-hmm. he feels worthy of that absolution. So he can't in his like, he can't say he's a Cylon because again, to be a Cylon would be to like be forgiven for him anyway. And I don't think he feels like he deserves that. So that's why Baltar says no. I don't think that means he's not a Cylon. Um, I want... I, so I want to I want to fix it for a moment mm-hmm. on one thing you said. He doesn't feel that he's worthy of the absolution, which is an interesting thing to say about someone who we we've spent a lot of time talking about how fixated he is on himself. Well, I think that's why, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like he deep deep down, I think there is a lot of like willful. Um, What's the word? It's not like willful ignorance. Um, Like, yeah, willful, like, refusal to admit or really. But, like, when he's pumped full of these drugs that in in this universe are theoretically supposed to make him more honest where he can sort of access that, that's that's why you get that sort of response, I think. So I think you're you're touching on something that I think is a really interesting point piece of Baltar's character that we haven't explored at all is how insecure he is. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. He's, he's all about self-preservation and he's all ego and like he's grandiose and flowery speech. But when it comes down to it, he's a scared man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Aren't we all? <laughs> so say, we, wait. <laughs> what? Uh, so... Interesting. Okay, so you you think that he still could be, but uh, at this point, he is now convinced that he's not. Right, and especially because as far... I have a question, I think, that you all won't be able to answer, but... No. As far as we know, just based on what little we've gotten, the Final Five don't know that they're Cylons, and in fact, it's a very important part of their programming that they don't... Because, like, when... Six says something to Gaius about it, and she's like, even if you were your programming, like, that's your programming talking, because he's like, I can't, I forget what he says, but, like, I can't be a silent because, something like that. Um, so, as far as we know, the other seven do not ever talk about the five, mm-hmm. or possibly cannot talk about the five. Uh, it's safe to say that they would presume that the five uh, also don't know who they are or cannot say or whatnot. Uh, but we have no indication at this point if the five know that they are uh, and if they are also bound by any kind of uh, gag order programming. Right. And that was Chip Six, right, who was talking. Well, actually, I don't remember if it no, was Chip. That, that was Caprica. Caprica. Yeah. yeah. But, but, it's, but she, I guess, can really only – they. It, I guess those eight are as in the dark as anybody about 
what the five know or don't know. And I guess even if Baltar is one of the final five and does have the kind of like Sharon programming, that doesn't mean that all five of them necessarily do, right? The other thing that's great about this show is at this point, we don't even know that the final five are real. <laughs> they are. They are. There's no this. They are. I have to live in a universe where the five are real. I think there might be a sixth now. Um, in the same way, there are thirteen colonies, and there's the five priests dedicated to the one whose name cannot be spoken. It would make sense then for there to be. Oh yeah. The, then then maybe the five don't know right that they all are programmed, but there's like one above who does have that knowledge so that they can kind of move all the pieces around. Um, and then it would make sense that the 13th colony brought one God with them and it would be that God, that quote unquote God. Wait, hold on. That's like playing into my weird timeline thing that I'm sort of anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I won't say one way or the other about your theory specifically, but my, my interpretation of the one whose name cannot be spoken is very, very similar to a lot of uh, our monotheistic mm-hmm. uh, traditions uh, uh, on Earth, or even in other like fiction universes, where like the name of our God can't be right. spoken. Yeah. Like, it's too holy. It's too sacred. Uh, so, which makes that, sense just from the human side. But the more we're seeing the human history and Cylon history, I guess, or like lore, whatever you want to call it. like Cylonistry. Yeah, exactly. Being conflated, the the more I think that opens up possibilities like that. I would love for there to be a sixth overlord Cylon that the other ones don't know about. And that's Count Baltar. Uh, maybe. I think <laughs> this week, if, if it's possible for the final five to know that they're Cylons or for their programming to protect them in the ways that like Sharon's did at first where, well, there's that scene early on with Sharon where she's trying to blow up the ship. And then, so she's like at war with her programming. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think this week made me think that Gata is likely a Cylon. Um, I think Gata, whether intentionally or not, let slip to Baltar that he was being recorded. Like that glance up at that camera is so obvious. Mm-hmm. It is very obvious. And it's like, and at first I'm like, Gata, you dummy, which I've said a hundred times. So like, but then the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, he wanted Baltar to see that so that Baltar would stop giving away Cylon secrets. That reminds me. What did Baltar whisper to Gata? Oh, I forgot about that. There's a lot of secret whispering on the show because Leoben does to, What's her? Yeah. yeah, shit. He like, like I think it's just before. Yeah, it's just before. It's what prompts Gata to stab him in the neck. He grabs Gata, like leans oh, in and whispers so the right. camera can't hear. So of course we Fuck. don't hear. I forgot about that. What does he say that makes Gata so angry that he tries to like straight up kill him? He says, "Gata, I fucked your girlfriend." You're up. <laughs> he <laughs> says it's called Taylor Ham. <laughs> Don't bring that in my house, Caleb. I will not. I will not. I will not stand for that here. And with that said, we're going to spool up the FTL drives, jump away to the I don't know how to end the show. This is not my job. Nope. That was. But that's where we need to end it. Please listen to Left of the Dial this week if you want to know why Caleb just made me so furious that I'm going to quit the podcast and watch an entire season and a half of Battlestar right now tonight. It's been nice knowing y'all. So say we all. 
Sorry. Sounds like it's uh, it's time for jury selection for the trial of the century Ooh. for Gaius Baltar. So uh, we are going to spool up the FTL drives and uh, put the word out amongst the fleet and uh, see if we can find 12 unbiased people. <laughs> uh, good luck. Yep. Yeah, good luck with that. And uh, we'll see you in court. So say <laughs> so we all. So say we all. <laughs> so say we all. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. Back. Start your prep. Set Condition One is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.